What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 15 of the Vitality Unleashed podcast. We are your hosts, Dylan and Lauren, and today we will be discussing reverse dieting as well as food manipulation today. Yes, I'm super excited to dive very deep into this, and if you have no idea what the fuck reverse dieting is, then this is going to be the perfect perfect episode for you because it is something that is very prominent in the fitness industry and something that if you have any interest in fitness weight loss muscle like whatever you need to be familiar with this because it is something that you will have to do like there's no way around it so yeah absolutely if you actually want sustainable results in your fitness journey knowing how to reverse diet properly is just so fucking important like i cannot emphasize it enough and nobody talks about it like i didn't even know what reverse dieting was until three two years ago three years ago. like i wasn't even familiar with it then like it's just yeah. crazy to think about like people just don't yeah i like think you. back to it i'm like how did i like how did i cut in bulk like i don't know i I've, yeah, I'd say probably like, yeah, three, three years ago is when I became super familiar with it. So I don't really know what I was doing before that, to be honest. Literally just going into a massive surplus, massive massive deficit deficit. over and over again. Very, very unhealthy, very, very bad for And yeah, your body just will not progress nearly, nearly as well. And you'll get stuck a lot faster. So it's very important. But first, God, it's been like almost two weeks now since we recorded an episode. Maybe longer. No, it's been about two weeks exactly now uh, because we were traveling for the holidays. So we doubled up the week before just because obviously we are not bringing our fucking podcast equipment with us on the on traveling. So it's been a while. We definitely have had a lot go on since then. We recorded our last episode right before we left for Dallas. So Dylan, catch us up. Yeah. So maybe we want to recap, you know, some fun stuff we got for Christmas and uh, just talk about our week overall. So yeah, for sure. First off, Christmas wise, let's just each give like what our favorite present was that we got for Christmas. Well, of course, both of our favorite present is something we actually bought for ourselves. Let's not count that. We got a <laughs> we got our, a really really nice camera for ourselves. So yes, that would be the present we love the most. We've already been using it a lot. If you guys follow us on Instagram, you'll definitely see the quality upgrade all of a sudden, and that is fucking why. But other than that, I would say my favorite present, like low key a present I really love that I got, is an ear cleaner that Lauren got me, and it has like Damn. an HD camera on it. It connects to my phone, so then I can clean my ears and see it. I know that's fucking weird, but like. I've always been obsessed with like having clean ears because I always got chronic ear infections growing up. So like I was always really obsessed with like, you know, trying to keep them as healthy as possible. So now I can really do that. Nice. Yeah. We actually haven't received a lot of our, not a lot of them, but some gifts yet because um, like I guess the Amazon in our area is super, super delayed right now. So even stuff we ordered on like December 25th and earlier it's not getting here till like January 6th so everything's January 6th We're because gonna, like, we had to ship some stuff like from Dallas we had to like return some stuff and reorder it because some stuff was just too big to travel home with like we got a giant ring light like stuff like that that we obviously could not bring on the plane so yeah. we just had to return it and order a new one we got a scale so something things like that we had to scooter. order it. Yes, my dad got us a scooter, like an electric scooter, because we live in like a city, and I think it's gonna be super cool. Like, I don't, I don't know how good we're gonna be at it, but if we decide we like it, we'll get another one because we live about two miles from the beach, which is like 
such an inconvenient distance because it's just a little too far to walk. Like, it'll just take way too long. But we also don't want to drive because they charge you, like, fucking $30 to park. So I think the scooter is going to be, honestly, the perfect solution because not only will we not have to, like, deal with traffic, we can just scooter our way there, but we won't have to pay to park, and it'll be a lot faster than walking. So I think it's perfect. Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree there, and we can even scooter to the gym, which will be fucking sick as well. Oh, yeah, but we'll probably be walking. Once we we are still waiting for the new gym to open. Yes, it was supposed to open a month ago, and it still hasn't opened. Yeah, they're so annoying. They're, like, gatekeeping their opening day, and we don't know why. Yeah, like, so I'm convinced now that they lied about opening in mid-December because they were just trying to create a sense of urgency to get more signups. And now, like, because they just said that they're waiting for permits to come in before they can decide on an opening date. They fucking knew they didn't have the permits prior, so it was all just a lie. Like, they've just been... Yeah, and then they're just setting up the equipment and everything, and now it's, like, January 3rd or something. But they know that they can literally do whatever they want because we're all so desperate for a gym. So (laughs) that's the problem. We all want to be like, fuck you, we're canceling our membership. But then we're like, oh, wait. We need yeah. a gem. So, <laughs> so, Lauren, you didn't answer what your favorite mm, Christmas present was. My favorite present, they all kind of go together, but we got a lot of air diffusers. We got an air purifier, which we have in our bedroom, and then we have a diffuser in our office, and we have a big diffuser in our living room, which covers like over a thousand square feet. So, our apartment has high quality air, and it is smelling good and clean everywhere yeah it's crazy like if we think about like the gifts like we got it's so much clean like cleaning yeah, it's shit. Like it's like a bunch of soap bath stuff we got face masks uh and then we got our robo mop our ai robo mop so we have something that mops and vacuums for us we have air freshener stuff everywhere air purifier just so much shit we got incense too yeah a lot of just apartment neat clean stuff just because we've been really really into just keeping things like as like minimal minimalistic as possible clean smelling good wiped down like just yeah, as I mean, clean and simple as possible because it is crazy how much a difference it makes in your productivity when yeah, everything is and, neat and we work here like it's yeah. we're here like all fucking day like we yeah. work from home so it's really crucial we have a good environment here and like when it comes to like cleaning stuff as well like then we don't have to worry about cleaning as much when we have something like the robo mops that's saving us time in our week and when things are smelling nice then lauren doesn't have to do laps around the apartment with like nice air freshener to keep it yeah. smelling good so it's really fucking lit like i'm happy with all that stuff for sure and it smells great yeah our place has really really come together i don't really think we have anything else we're wanting to do we're just wanting to keep it extremely extremely simple no clutter anywhere just neat nice clean and christmas definitely helped with that so i'm hyped 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 about that yep, next, um, next up get a third cat yeah that'll definitely be coming in the next couple of years but um over christmas break i mean it was a good time it was rough being away from our routine our house our food all our that cats. type of stuff our cats oh yeah but it was it was good seeing everyone but uh we were so happy to be home we were so out of it honestly like even yeah. while we were there for like the last couple of days until like three days being back here i'd say like just it took a long time to catch back up but today is the first day i'm feeling like all the way back and i'm so yeah. happy about yeah. it like it's crazy i was like convinced i'm like 
I'm so depressed. I hate my life. Like, I feel like dog shit. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, and it's I just kept, off routine. I kept telling Lauren, like, I kept emphasizing. I was like, it would be weird if you didn't feel bad. I was like, we weren't getting good sleep. We we're off routine. Our food wasn't, uh, like, the same. It wasn't consistent. So I'm like, of course, we're not going to be feeling 100%. And I was like, just stay the course. Be consistent now. You're going to feel better. And look at that. It happened. Yeah, but traveling went smooth. We were literally 10 seconds away from missing our first flight. Oh, we sprinted less, through the airport. It was less than that. They were literally closing the doors <laughs> we when we got there. Like, we got so fucking lucky. But the airport, like, it was, uh, we showed up and we're like, nope, we need to get another flight. Like, it's not happening. But thank God we got, like, pushed to the front of the line because they were doing, like, last calls for our flights. But literally, the line just you check your bag was probably like two hours like it was wrapped around the airport yeah literally outside wrapped around the fucking airport fort lauderdale and yes <laughs> do yeah. not come to fort lauderdale cheap. on christmas yeah any sort of holidays just just know you need to get to the airport four hours early yeah and we knew it was gonna be a long line but his dad was driving us there he's like no we can get there an hour early it'll be fine and it was not fine but thankfully we made it so yeah. that's all that matters we got very very lucky there for sure um in other news, we also did just invest in something else as well to help uh, push our education a little bit further, improve our coaching even more, because we're always trying to get better for you guys and be able to provide you more value and even better fucking service. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we just bought some more courses just to learn some more stuff, more specific about yeah. bodybuilding, PEDs, all the good shit. Yep, J3 University, John Jewett. I've wanted it for such a long time. He has a podcast as well that's a great uh, podcast. J3 University is actually what it's called, so I definitely recommend you guys listen to that as well if you're into bodybuilding. Yeah, but I mean, that's really anything significant. Nothing crazy has happened. Um, we're definitely trying to get into some sort of different types of physical activity. We're not sure exactly. I'm so excited. Yeah, we want to like try yoga, volleyball, like getting back into it. I played volleyball my whole life, so it's just like. It, I miss it and I think it'll be a lot of fun just absolutely it's like the weekend our rest days just aren't very busy and like I do I hate just laying around or just sitting in the apartment all day like I need to leave and I know do something. and don't get me wrong like I can lay in the fucking bed the entire day but then I just feel like such a lazy sack of shit so. yeah I feel like yeah exactly <laughs> like it's like once I pass a, pass a certain point and, like, I know when it's coming where, like, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in bed all day. So, like, I need to force myself to get up and go do something or I'm just going to be a little lazy piece of shit all day. Yeah, this past weekend we were just dead, but fair enough. We really needed it. Saturday we literally laid in bed all day. Like, we haven't done that in such a long, long, long time. But we were so exhausted and it was, like, Saturday is, like, our date day. But we were, like, no, like, we're really just not feeling up to, like, an activity. So, we just went out to dinner later at that night. But it was just super... A crazy tired weekend we're gonna get into pickleball that's what it's gonna be i don't like pickleball <laughs> i was varsity tennis team captain in high school so i like that type of stuff see i think it just pisses me off because it's just like the step below volleyball this below step below volleyball i would say like physicality wise yeah, yeah. well yeah i yeah well ten, i would say it's a step below tennis physically physicality yeah i don't know i i just it's okay but definitely prefer volleyball much yeah much well so. lauren's gonna have to give me an entire crash course into how to use a volleyball because i've never played in my entire life so yes forget that'll be fun but i'm really excited for that like as long as lauren can control her temper when i fucking <laughs> suck 
it'll be fine. <laughs> That's literally the only thing I'm scared about is Lauren just getting super mad or annoyed with me because I just fucking suck. Now I'm scared how bad he actually is. I've never played, so I must, <laughs> I'm probably pretty fucking bad. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. She might end up cho- choosing a different sport just because she loses her mind. But we also have like a Pilates studio right across the street from us. I'd be love to try that. so fucking but it's hard. Be hard. Dylan, like, yeah. Once you actually, like, look at what these people are doing, like, if you make one wrong move, it's, like, it's not regular Pilates. It's, like, the fucking, like, Pilates on those fucking, like, You have things, weights and, like, like those, the sliding boards. That, like, it's dangerous. One wrong move and you're on the fucking splits. <laughs> hey, improve my flexibility, improve my mobility, improve Yeah, I don't know. Health. I think we should start out with, like, yoga. I'm down There's for yoga. There's a lot of free yoga here, but it's, like... Seven, yeah, our yeah. apartment complex actually offers free yoga. Yeah, like it's at like 7.30. 7, 7, like a yeah. random weeknight. It's like 7 like, p.m. No it's on like Tuesday night or something. But yeah, like we have those free opportunities. It's just fucking taking them. But 7 p.m., way too late. Okay, anyways, enough about <laughs> us. We could go on forever. It's just been a long time since we podcasted. But Yeah, we missed you guys. Into the actual informative part of the episode, reverse dieting. We want to just dive into what is it? How do you do it? When do you know if you need to do it? Should you do it? All of the ins and outs. So Dylan, what is reverse dieting? Reverse dieting is essentially a strategy used to improve your metabolic health by increasing calories very, very slowly. The pace does depend on how your body reacts in general. And this is typically done after a harsh diet. Like you'll hear reverse dieting a lot after competitors finish their prep. They'll go into a reverse diet as well as anybody who has a severe history of crash dieting, under eating, they may need a reverse diet as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of middle-aged women who have fallen to the, you know, starving yourself because that's literally how they were taught to do it and still how they think you're supposed to do it. So they have a terrible, terrible, terrible metabolism resting, you know, maintenance at like a thousand calories. Like it is so bad. We've seen some terrible things. Some people are barely eating and they can't lose weight. So then they convince themselves that that's, you know, just their genetics because they see these thinner girls that are able to eat so much more food. But it's literally because of how your metabolism is, I guess you would say, trained you know your metabolism adapts to what you give it so of course if you're starving yourself eating a thousand calories that will become your new maintenance it's it's just science that's how it works and i hate hate when some people are like oh these this girl's so much skinnier she can eat so much more food it's because she has been eating so much more food her whole life she probably hasn't been doing these crazy extreme diets if she's able to maintain her weight at these super high calories so of course some people do just have a very fast metabolism but it mainly depends on your eating habits yeah absolutely your diet history is so fucking important but lauren i thought if you eat less calories if you starve yourself you lose weight you mean that that's like not true you won't just keep losing weight forever if you eat a thousand you'll lose weight for a short period of time you'll lose weight for a little bit but then your body will adapt to that pretty damn fast. That's why you want to take everything slow and steady. You know, if you're starting a cut at say 2000 calories, you want to, you don't want to drop right down to a thousand. You want to go 2000, 1900, 1800, maybe even slower than that, depending on how your body is responding. But also if you are dropping weight every week, there is no reason to increase that calorie deficit, but that's kind of beside the point right now. Um, yes, your body does adapt to anything and that is 
where reverse dieting yes. comes into play. Yes, guys. If your body wasn't adapted, if it was just all based on your height, weight, age, activity level, that would be awesome. Then that would be awesome because everybody would know exactly how many calories they're supposed to eat for their body, and that's that. And everybody would be able to lose as much weight as they want as long as they stick to their plan. But guess what? That's not the reality. So when people are like, oh, you just need to eat less and move more. Think about Lauren eats over what? How many calories to eat right now? About 3,300. Yeah, she eats about 3,300 calories. Like, are you joking? Like, I don't eat 3,300 calories. I'm a 200 pound male. She's a 143 pound female. Obviously. Super happy. My weight is actually going up right now. And that's probably like the first time in my life. I'm like really happy to see the scale going up because I can't eat any more food. Yeah. My, the scale just goes up no matter what I eat. So it's okay. (laughs) Um, but when, when do you know that you should do a reverse diet? Like what are some signs that you use with yourself and, or with your clients to say, okay, it's probably time for a reverse diet. Well, uh, it depends on the situation when it comes to lifestyle clients for my males, I do not let them get under 1500 calories. That would be the bare minimum. And like, I don't even like them getting that low traditionally, even when they get sub like 1800, I'll try to encourage them to reverse. And that's only because when your calories get to such a low point, it can impact your hormones. You're not getting a lot of nutrients in. You, your gut health can be affected as well. So there's certain signals you look for for that. So let's just say I have a lifestyle client. He's eating 1700 calories and his sleep is starting to suffer. His digestion may not be as good. Energy is not as good. Recovery in the gym isn't as good. These can all be signs that you are in need of a reverse diet. Your body's telling you, hey, we're tapped out. We've been in a deficit for a really long time. We're not eating a lot of food. It's time to start eating more, building that back up. Those would be a lot of signals I would be looking for for that. Yeah. So if you're like, if your calories are getting uncomfortably low, if we're talking more about lifestyle clients here too, you know, Contest prep, there isn't really like a lowest I would exactly. go because you just kind of have to do what you have to do sometimes. You know, some girls are just genuinely like really, really, yeah. really small. Yeah, like some girls are weighing close to 100 pounds. So, of course, their calories are going to get really fucking low. Yeah, when they're 410, like 99 pounds, you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah of course. Like I wouldn't like to ever go but below like 14, 1300 calories, but that's you just have to do what you have to do sometimes. And that's why a good off season is so important as well. But yeah, lifestyle clients, honestly, I kind of use around the same number as you do there. Um, if a girl's getting anywhere close to like six, 15, 1600 calories, I'm like, it's definitely time to push back up. But again, it does also depend on how her body's responding. So if she's getting low and not able to lose weight anymore, her body's really fighting, then that's mm-hmm. definitely a sign that it's time to do a reverse. But all in all, I don't typically force a reverse. I just try to explain to my clients exactly, exactly like why they need to do it. Eventually, I will force it. I'm like, all right, yeah. come on, your body's not responding anymore. Yeah. But most of the time, I'll explain, okay, this is this is why we should do this for this long, and then we can do another cut after. But yeah, I typically give them the option, and most people are very cooperative at least. Yeah, absolutely. Like For example, uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked to... Uh, a longtime client, Roland, you'll have seen him on my Instagram, and he was around 1,800 calories. He's been in a deficit for a long time. He actually lost a lot of weight before he even came to me for this next step. He used to be like 300 pounds. Now he's around like 215. So he's lost a lot of weight. He lost about 25 of those pounds with me, but that just means he was in a deficit for a really long time, even prior to working with me. And then over the last four, it was like four to six weeks, his weight was really, really steady. Like it just was not going down. And 
I was like, okay, your recovery hasn't been as good. Your weight has been going down. I was like, I think it's time we should reverse diet. Let me know what your thoughts are. And of course he's down for it because traditionally, if we see the data and we see that you're in need of reverse diet, you're probably feeling like fucking shit too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So some other sides that you might need to do it would be your hunger being unmanageable. You're really, really hungry all the time, or you're super, super focused on food. So thinking about food a lot Maybe your sleep isn't great or your energy tends to be low a lot of the time. Or if you're noticing that your recovery in the gym is not as good, you're sore for a lot longer. Maybe you're getting injured. A lot of just little little injuries in your body. Those are all really great signs that you should consider doing a reverse diet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In reverse dieting, guys, I just want to make it very clear. It's fucking hard. When you have like an appetite, if you're suffering from, you know, being really hungry or you're super food focused, it can be hard just slowly increasing those calories, slowly increasing those calories. Yeah, you'll typically be a lot actually hungrier in a reverse than you even were like at peak cut. It's really strange. Because yeah, you're starting to just fuel your body, but it's so slow that your metabolism's like turning on a lot of times faster than what you're actually feeling it. So then your body's like, feed me more feed me more yeah one really common thing that happen is it's very very common that girls come into us eating like 1200 calories like it is way more common yeah it's more common than them yeah it's more common that girls come into um coaching with us that under eating than overeating it's really really crazy and cool to see not cool but interesting um but one common thing that happens is so they come in, they're eating 1,200 calories a day. They've been doing this for a long period of time. We put them on, say, a meal plan. Maybe even we, we just give them macros, whatever it may be. Say we start them on 1,400 calories. They'll start complaining. They're like, oh, this is way too much food. I'm not hungry. This is really, really hard. And we're like, I promise, just mm-hmm. keep eating these calories liquid calories, whatever you have to do. Give it a few weeks. You will be hungry. And it happens every single time. Like it is that has failed to not happen yet. Starting a reverse diet, appetite kicks into play every single time. So don't get discouraged if you don't have an appetite at first. You do have to force feed if you want it to work. You have to get those calories in, but I promise that appetite will kick back in. Yes, guys, and that's force feeding your calories that are set. That is not binge eating. Yes. Binge eating and force feeding are two different things. Exactly. It's not eating as many calories as possible. It's eating your set calories. Yeah, with those clean whole foods that you should be eating to maintain your gut health and everything else, guys. Yeah, exactly. So what is the purpose of reverse dieting? Why should you reverse diet? Reverse dieting is so important. So for lifestyle clients all related to mainly, it's so you can maintain that hard, like you worked hard to main, get the body composition that you achieved, you achieved your weight loss goal, whatever it is, and you want to be able to maintain that while not having to eat like a fucking bird. Because like realistically, if you're a girl, like a female, and you diet down, you could be at, you know, 1,400, 1,500, 1,300 calories at the end of your cut. And then you do not want to have to sit there to maintain that weight. So what you do is you reverse diet back up so you can get a higher maintenance calories, your metabolism's faster. So then you can maintain that physique while still being able to enjoy life and eat some normal foods. Doesn't mean you can go back to if you had a previously unhealthy lifestyle, completely go back to that. But we want you to be able to still enjoy food, you know, be able to go out to dinner every week, things like that, enjoy life and maintain that physique. Yeah. So for an example, um, I'm going to talk about my client, Kara, here. So she's been with me for like a good six months now, made amazing, amazing progress. But 
So she came to me eating like an average amount. So like we were good to go right into a calorie deficit. We didn't have to start with a reverse diet. So what I did with her is we started in a calorie deficit and she was actually actually able to lose 30 pounds because her metabolism was still in a good place. So in that calorie deficit, she lost about like 22 pounds. And once we got down to about like 1700 calories, her hunger started to get high. She started to get a little bit fatigued and 1700 isn't necessarily even that low for someone of her body weight. She's weighing about like 135 pounds now. So it's not that low, but her metabolism was really just like kicking in. So she's like, I'm getting a little bit hungry. And I was like, all right, let's start a reverse because she kind of achieved a physique that she was happy with. She lost about 30 pounds. She's like, all right, like I'm really happy in my body now. Waist was looking tiny. So I was like, all right, well, you're hungry and you like this current physique. Let's reverse. Let's maintain and get those calories up higher. So right now she's eating about 2,400 calories, which is like 700 higher than when she was in that deficit but she's actually lost even a little bit of weight. So once you get to that un- uncomfortable you know, stage, that is typically a good sign that it's time to get pull the trigger on the reverse diet. So now she is maintaining her physique, happily eating a ton of food and enjoying a lot of flexibility. Absolutely. And you can always, even before you achieve your desired physique, if you really are like super hungry mentally, it's getting tough for you. I would honestly, I'd encourage you to just start a reverse diet and you can just finish the cut after you've reversed back up and gotten yourself to a healthy point. Like if you have a lot of weight to lose, a lot of body fat to lose, like you just may not be able to do it all at once and that's completely fine. You just want to be healthy about it. Yeah, exactly. I think our cat's crying at the door. (laughs) I just heard it. She'll keep going, but yeah she literally just took like an entire week off from the gym and dieting for christmas like not logging a single piece of food and she came back at the exact same way i promise that would not have happened if we did not reverse diet absolutely not but that's even lauren and i now we especially like myself we went and ate for the holidays and i was about a pound and a half up like the day after christmas or the day after that and now i'm the same weight as i was prior to the holidays it's really that simple because my calories are so high my calories are like 3,000 calories a day and i wasn't eating much more of that when i was at the holidays because it becomes actually hard to eat enough food (laughs) yeah exactly so say the listener is thinking about starting a reverse diet but they don't even know where to start we are literally going to walk you guys through exactly how you can do this for yourself so step one you need to establish your calories. And this is gonna be the most difficult part, establishing exactly how many calories you need to start with, but how you can get kind of an estimation, go online, find a TDEE calculator. This will give you an estimation, and I'm not saying that this number is gonna be perfect, but it'll be a good starting point. So once you have this number, eat that many calories for one week. If you lose weight, that means that that is a calorie deficit for you. And if you don't, if you stay the same, that is your maintenance calories. And if you gain weight, then that means that that is a surplus for you. So once you have that number, you figure out exactly what your maintenance calories are. That is the amount that you're going to start with maintenance. Gotcha. Another thing you can do, another strategy to figure out your calories. You could also track your food. So eat how you've normally been eating, drink how you've normally been drinking, track everything you're eating and drinking for around a week and then average out Mm -hmm. those calories and then you can see from there and then all you want to do is 
adjust your calories based on that number. Yeah, exactly. The starting number doesn't have to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. There's literally no possible way to get a perfect number of your maintenance calories, but it's going to be adjusted on a weekly basis. <laughs> Sorry, our cat is crying. That's she's because wailing. we have our robo mop going right now. So she's, <laughs> she's like, wailing. save me, save I'll me. I'll go let her in in a second. But so once you have that set calorie number, that is what you're going to start with. And then you're going to be adjusting off that. But once you have this calorie number, then it is going to be time to set your macro. So Dylan, start walking through how to do that. And I'm going to go let our cat in. Once you set your macros, the most important thing you want to make sure you're getting in is your protein. Now, if you were severely under eating prior and you weren't eating a lot of protein, you do not want to implement this amount of protein I'm about to give you right away. So what you would ideally want to do is have one gram of protein per pound of body weight and my cat is losing her mind. Ideally, you want one pound of or one gram of protein per pound of body weight but if you've been not eating a lot of protein, especially a lot of the females that come to us, you may need to start at a lower number. Just increase your protein by like 20% from what you were in, from what you were eating previously and go from there. Yeah. Because if you were not eating a lot of protein prior, then it, you could have a lot of digestive issues if you just shove like 3x the amount of protein all at once. Yeah. Then when it comes to carbs and fat, it's just making sure that you do have an adequate amount of fat in your diet especially if you're a female yeah so hormones. yeah so to set fat a good rule of thumb is to have about 30 percent of your calories coming from fat so that does not mean 30 grams of fat that means 30 percent of what your set calories are so say you're eating 1800 calories that means 600 calories of that should be coming from fat and fat is nine nine calories per gram. So divide 600 by nine, and that is how many grams of fat you should be starting with. That is just a good rule of thumb. Um, you should never be below, like, as a female, never below, like, 40 grams, ideally. Yeah, absolutely. Men, you can go a little bit lower. Like, I think even now when I'm at 3,000 calories, I'm at 45, 50 grams. I think I'm at 50 grams of protein right now. Yeah, so set your protein and fat first. Protein, a good rule of thumb is just start with a gram gram of protein per pound of body weight. Again, you know, there's there's a lot of give and take here, but ugh, our cat is being so fucking annoying. Oh my God. Stop it. A good rule of thumb, one gram of protein per pound of body weight, then have 30% of your calories going to fat, and then the rest goes to carbs. So that's a good starting point to set your macros and my fitness pal can help you with this. Yes. Do the percentages and stuff for you. So, so she's trying to get into our suitcase. Yoshi, it is zipped. Yeah, I zipped it. So Yoshi. so now you know what your mac starting macros should be. So what you do is now you're going to eat to those macros for a week and you will consistently adjust your calories according to how your body responds. So what you want to pay attention to you're probably paying attention to the weight on the scale if you're doing this by yourself. And what you want to make sure is you're not gaining more than around 1% to 2% of your body weight per month. So you can do the math on what pace you want to do weekly. And pay attention to how your body weight is moving on this reverse. And you can raise calories. I usually would say you raise them 25 to 50 calories for it, most yeah, people. Yeah, it really just depends how your body is yeah. responding. If you're gaining weight, you are not going to increase calories. Yeah. Yeah. But Unless if it's like you are either steady. 
if you lost weight, that's when you can increase calories a little bit more. I'd say between 50 and 100. And if you're maintaining, you can give a slight increase. I'd say 25 to 50. Yeah, I don't mind a little bit of weight, very slight weight gain on a reverse if you yes. want to maximize your muscle growth as well. Because if you are putting on a very slight amount of weight, like one percent of your body weight per month then you could maximize a little bit more lean mass gain where you're not going to put on body fat and that's probably also going to allow you to push up calories a little bit faster as yeah well. so again it's just there's no perfect number because it's so person dependent you know someone who's super overweight obviously you don't want to be gaining weight on a reverse at all but if you're you know coming out of a strict dieting phase of course you're going to be gaining some weight like there's just no perfect number so it depends on you your goals you know are you trying to gain muscle in this process too if so obviously then the scale is going to be going up but you just don't want it to be going rapid you don't need to gain more than a pound a month yes and then once you achieve that i would just keep pushing calories up until eventually you get to a point where your calories are like 2500 plus your appetite isn't great you're not feeling like you're starting to feel lethargic most likely and that's when you know okay time to cap this reverse diet maybe time to mini cut something like that to get your uh your metabolism reset yeah for sure our cat is going absolutely apeshit she's just trying to break into the suitcase because she's not happening because she uh lauren left it unzipped when we got back from our trip and she snuck into it and now she just will not stop trying to get back into it. She is flipping out. Oh my god. I think I've she's getting into like the this. front zipper. I think she's trying. That'll be hilarious. That's gonna be really tight. We're gonna get a picture of that and post it on our Instagram story. Oh my god. Okay, so that's reverse dieting as an overview. You guys know if you ever have any specific questions or need help, you can shoot us either a message on Instagram. But now we wanna get into a little bit more food manipulation, you know cardio when when to move cardio when to move macros how do you know how to adjust all those type of things so first let's start with cardio and macros so cardio versus calories when so say you're in a cutting phase you know obviously there's two things you can do every week you can increase cardio or you can decrease food those are the two ways that you can increase your calorie deficit so dylan how do you go about knowing which one to do so I would say this can be a little bit person dependent based on your schedule as well. If you're someone yeah, who's like busy as fuck, you may not have time to do as much cardio, but I hate to say it because I fucking hate cardio, but you should be eating a lot of food. Like I prefer to keep food higher because you're getting in more nutrients, getting in more protein. Uh, so I prefer to keep food higher and push cardio a little more aggressively to an extent, uh, because you also don't want to have to push calories extremely low just to avoid doing cardio. That's going to be more detrimental to your muscle maintenance. It's going to be more detrimental to your physique overall. So you really do want to keep calories high while still pushing cardio. I just wouldn't, I would just cap cardio at like, if you're a lifestyle client, cap cardio at an hour a day max. If you're doing more than an hour a day as a lifestyle, like that's just getting a little yeah, bit obsessive. Exactly. So it's very dependent on lifestyle versus, versus prep. But typically, you know, when calories start reaching an uncomfortable point, that's when I'll start pushing pretty much only cardio. You know, for a female, maybe that's like 1,500 calories is when we start really pushing cardio. But then again, if it's a conscious press prep, you really just 
have to do what you have to do sometimes, but I'm the same. I like to keep food as high as possible for as long as possible just to keep all those nutrients in and push cardio. But then again, there is an extent to where cardio is just obnoxious. So Yeah, absolutely. I'd say before I would ever get like calories extremely low, your steps are going to be pretty high before I do that. Like I usually like to push steps pretty consistently rather than adjust food for the most part, just because... Uh, it's a lot easier to get in those steps, a lot more convenient, and then you're still fueling your body with more food. Yeah, and once you start pushing cardio really high, if you're doing like actual cardio, like Stairmaster, your heart rate's getting up there, it's putting so much fucking stress on your body. Like, I think back to like what my coach had me doing for like my first ever prep. Mm-hmm. First off, I was like starving myself, but I was doing two hours of intense cardio a day. Like, no no wonder I was like fucking constipated had so many digestive and gut issues like that is so much stress on your body oh my god yeah absolutely so it's also just gauging how your body is responding to everything because you may be someone who you know you do cardio and maybe that stress on your body really impacts your training you're not recovering enough and you're like okay you would rather limit the cardio and lower some food and of course lowering food you know an hour of cardio is equivalent to not much fucking food calorie wise. So pulling calories, you can get into a bigger deficit faster, but when you're not eating a lot of food, you're missing out on nutrients, missing out on muscle maintenance for sure. Yeah, especially as you start getting lean, as you start getting farther into a deficit, you're actually gonna be burning way less calories Mm -hmm. during cardio. It's way harder to get your heart rate up as high, which in turn doesn't burn as many calories. So yeah, give and take all these things But yeah, how much cardio is too much? I'd say for lifestyle, never doing more than an hour of cardio a day. But I literally have none of my lifestyle clients doing any cardio. So I... I couldn't imagine a single instance that I would ever have a lifestyle client doing an hour of cardio a day. Like, that's ridiculous. The only cardio I have lifestyle clients doing is cardio that they just want to do. So they're just like... Yeah, and it's like, if they have a big goal, like a photo shoot or something, they actually want to get, like, stage lean for some reason. prep. Exactly. So if it's... The lifestyle client literally means, like, lifestyle. Like, you want them to still be able to enjoy their life, enjoy that balance. That's what a lifestyle client is. So... If it is a super strict diet, you're trying to get stage lean or whatever, yeah, I just consider that a prep client, which is handled very differently. Then that's like prep client, sorry, four hours in the max. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just no telling, you know, it's what type of cardio are you doing? You know, like I know one of my clients, Ashton, her last prep, she was doing a long length of cardio, but that's because she was just walking. So like obviously walking is going to take a lot longer to burn the calories than uh, fucking running or doing the Stairmaster or whatever it might be. So there's so much give and take. There's no special number. And yeah. I don't, I don't know what the max would be for a comp prep client because it depends so much on what type of cardio, what are the calories at, blah, blah, blah. How do you know like if you should adjust carbs, fat, or protein? So like on a weekly basis, adjusting carbs, fat, and protein, the rule of thumb, honestly, like proteins is the one that stays the same the most. That being said, it can be adjusted more so increasing in an off-season It's not going to get that low in a contest prep or in a cut until like the end of a contest prep is when you're manipulating protein and everything like that. But speaking to a lifestyle client, like protein is honestly, it can stay the same the entire time. You don't need to touch protein unless like your calories are getting crazy low and you have to, but 
the first thing that's always going to be adjusted is typically carbs just because it is the one with typically a lot more room to move and especially as a female you need to have that amount of fat and I know it's tempting to want to keep those carbs in and cut those cut that fat because you can get so much more volume from carbs than you can from fat I'm like of course I'd want to have these extra five rice cakes instead of using fucking five grams of oil in my food of course I'd want to do that but you need to have that healthy amount of fat in your diet to keep your body as healthy as possible keep your hormones in yes. check especially as a woman nah this woman. happened to me uh one of my cuts it's like 2021 i just hammered my fat it got to like i think my fat was at like 15 grams exactly because it's it's and the easiest one to cut yeah, by far and i'll tell you guys like my body fat percentage is probably something like 11 12 percent ed erectile dysfunction could not get hard at all for the life of me for like two months and it is just because of my fat was so low like my hormones were just fucked so yeah. it's like absolutely you need to make sure i can tell you from personal experience you need to make sure you keep your fat high or you're gonna have issues yeah exactly a lot of you know my clients who have maybe previously had an eating disorder it's super common to be afraid of eating a lot of fat because yes you're trying to get the maximum amount of volume for your calories and obviously just the word fat equates to like body fat like you think oh i shouldn't be eating fat it's gonna give me fat but no you need that for not only decreasing your inflammation improving your digestion gut health but hormones and health in general keeping that essential amount of fat is super super important so carbs are the first thing to yeah. adjust I don't even want to say any numbers because numbers are so fucking different for everybody, but carbs, carbs, drop carbs, drop carbs until carbs are too low that you need to touch like fat or protein. That's, that's really the most simple way to look at it. Yeah. The only reason I would drop fat is if it's high, like, yeah, if it, if it's high, like compared to everything else where you're like, okay, we can drop this. And like, obviously dropping fat as well isn't going to increase or isn't going to impact. She your, just unzipped it. Wow. She, she grabbed it. She, she grabbed the zipper of the suitcase and unzipped it by herself. She's going to manage to get in. That was pretty impressive. So as I was saying. Maybe I didn't even leave it unzipped that last time. Yeah, maybe not. So as I was saying, fat uh, is less voluminous typically because it is so much more calorie dense. So the nice thing when you do take out fat is it's not going to uh, impact food volume as much. So when you start getting to those really low calories, that's when pulling fat is, makes more sense. But your carbs should be pretty low by that point anyway. So it would make sense to pull fat. Yeah, I completely agree there. And there's one more thing I want to touch on is adjusting macros for gut health. There are actually some things that you can do to better adjust your macros if you're struggling with digestion, bloating, all these type of things. Yep. Say the most most common reason you'd want to do something like this is if you're not using the restroom every day, you're constipated, you're experiencing a lot of bloating, discomfort. Protein is something that is that is an instance where you want to lower protein. You would want to lower that protein just because your body is probably not even processing it all properly. You want to lower that protein and that's when you would actually want to have more fat in your diet. So you want to keep all the fat super, super healthy, unsaturated. You don't want much saturated fat in your diet. You know, these red meats, all that stuff. You don't want that shit. But keeping these healthy, super anti-inflammatory fats in there is going to be super, super good. And lowering that protein in this instance would be a good idea as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Lowering protein is usually one of my go-tos because typically if I have someone who's having digestive issues, because I always make sure their diet is very anti-inflammatory in general, usually their gut health is good. It's only when we're pushing calories up and protein hits a certain point because I do like to push protein up relatively aggressively just because it does have a higher thermogenic effect helps keep you leaner longer when you are pushing calories up when you're increasing that protein but eventually it can get to the point where digestion does become an issue and that's when you end up needing to pull it back yeah so you can keep your carbs fairly moderate still but i would lower your protein increase your fat intake and within these carbs though really make sure you're consuming a lot of complex carbs getting a lot of fiber in there but too much fiber is also a bad thing as yeah. well. So yo mofos get in your fiber. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, 15 grams of fiber is typically a good 15 grams per thousand calories is typically a good rule of thumb, technically 14. But if you are experiencing some digestive issues, I would recommend aiming for a little bit higher anywhere from like 20 to 25 even grams of fiber per thousand calories so if you're eating 2,000 calories like you'd be good on around like 40 to 50 grams of fiber would probably do better than lower is what i found at least with myself and my clients yeah i 100 percent agree for sure yeah but reaching that higher end as well can also definitely be a very bad thing that's honestly like what i struggled with in prep it's crazy thing about it like when my calories were at like 1500 i was eating like 80 grams of fiber. Like, yeah, that's it's insane. because all of your calorie hacking foods exactly. and shit and like any of like the super voluminous foods are usually super high in fiber. So then you just end up eating so much. Like you actually have to be really careful about that once your yeah. calories start getting low if you're trying to calorie hack, volume hack. Yes, too much of anything is a bad thing. Yeah, so moderation, yeah. moderation, you, moderation. You motherfuckers on keto and, you know, Atkins diet, that shit. That's what they do. They just like hammer all the fiber. Fiber, it's net. You know, like they're like, oh, these. <laughs> they're like, it's no carbs because it's 15 grams of fiber. I'm like, that is going to be a wood yeah. chip in your stomach. Yeah, and this is why none of these, like none of these people who do this shit get the results. Yeah, God, have them. you ever heard someone like, oh, I do keto and they actually look good? Fuck no. No, you never because <laughs> it's all the fucking old Karen. Yeah, you're bloated and you probably also crash dieted on top of it. So your metabolism's probably in the gutter. So you probably need to reverse diet and start improving your gut health. That is, I swear, 75% at least of the females who come to us. Gut health, reverse diet. Those are the first things we do. Yeah, I'm like, what logic do you think it is a good idea to blast fat and like reduce carbs? Like, Someone someday just decided to say carbs are what makes you fat and someone it's, just decided to roll with that. It's just because you lose the most weight when you cut carbs. But that's because carbs hold water. So what's happening is when you cut carbs, your body reduces its water retention as well as you cut them. So it looks like you're losing more fat than you are. When in reality, when that scale is going down, majority of that is fucking water. Yeah, it's water and you're also literally letting go of all your fucking glycogen. Like. <laughs> you're yeah. not going to be able to maintain any muscle like your performance is going to be trash yeah like, water water running through your body like creatine increases water retention any sort of other like supplement that's supposed to increase muscle gain is going to increase your water retention so you would think you want to be retaining more water if you want to maintain or grow fucking muscle mass 
So yes, you do not want to cut carbs or you will get detrimental effects when it comes to the quality of your physique. Of course, you can cut carbs and lose weight, but you're probably going to look like shit once you get all the way down because all of your muscle will have withered away. Yeah, for sure. But that's really all we wanted to go over today. Reverse dieting, food manipulation. Hopefully you guys can implement this and take some value from this episode if you have any questions need any further help of course you guys can always shoot us a message on instagram my instagram is hickey.fit with two t's my instagram is body by dylan dylan is spelled d-i-l-a-n yes but again hope you guys gained some value from this episode if you ever have any recommendations what you want us to talk about we are always open for ideas absolutely guys this was a good one really enjoyed it hope you gained some value peace peace